Happy Mother's Day. I know that we all in here owe something, if not everything, to a mom, right? We're all here because of a mom. And we all have reason to celebrate because whether our moms are deeply connected with us, if they're in heaven, or if they're here with us sitting next to us, we have something to celebrate today because God's good gift to us as children are moms. So if you're here today and you're a mom, I just wanna say happy Mother's Day and let you know that we have something uh, for all of our families, moms, dads, soon to be moms, wanna be moms, the journey to be a mom, any mom is welcome to join us downstairs in our mom, what do we call it? Like a Mother's Day booth or lounge, yeah. Lounge would be if we had like really plush furniture there too. And like massages and stuff next year, next year. Um, but we have down there for you donuts, uh, gifts for our mamas. We have a photo booth. Please get down there with your families and take pictures. Um, we just want to say thank you to all of our moms for how you help us raise our kids. Um, when you serve with Legacy Kids or you're an aunt and you help your siblings love on their kids, it's just such a big deal. All of that energy pouring into the next generation is not lost energy. It's very much uh, well-received, so thank you. Um, before I jump into my message today, I wanna kick off with uh, two opportunities for um, you guys. The first is this. We have had kind of a gaping hole in our community, which is an opportunity and space for moms to get together and connect and hang out. So we're launching uh, a connect opportunity for our moms called Mommy Meetup. It happens on, it's gonna start happening on the third Wednesday of every month from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. You can bring your kids, it's always kid friendly, but it's just an opportunity for new moms, uh, veteran moms, uh, to find a space to connect and get to know one another. It's uh, RSVP on the website. We try to just know a number. We don't cap it off. We just like to know how many people are gonna be there. Um, if ever we have an opportunity where we're providing food or uh, a service, then we wanna make sure that we get a good headcount for that. But go on our website to legacynashville.org slash events, sign up there, RSVP there. First one's gonna happen this Wednesday. Um, so please, please check it out for more information. Hannah Burgoon is somewhere. Uh, she might be in the nursing mom's room right now, but she and Nicole Duckworth and Grace Mendez are heading that up uh, for us. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to them as well. Um, and I'm excited. It's going to be a great place for connection and an opportunity for your kids to get to know each other. That's fun. And then the third is this, the or the second opportunity is I want to pray over some specific groups of mommies today, if that's okay with everybody. Yeah? Okay, so Mother's Day can be both filled with joy and can be tough uh, for some of us. Some of us have lost mommies this year. Some of us have lost babies this year and gone through the, the excruciating process of saying goodbye to a kid. Uh, some of us are waiting to become moms and some of us are raising babies without a partner and are doing the single mom uh, hero work. And so this morning I wanna pray over any mom that feels like they fit inside of one of those four groups. If we do have any single moms though, I wanna pray over you guys first and do something. Uh, but do we have any single mommies that are in the room this morning? We had quite a few in second service. Um, yeah, could you stand up if you don't mind? Hello, we love you guys. But I wanna do something special. I know, give them a round of applause. 
I know those mommies. And they're good mommies. But what we do, what I love to do for our single moms is actually as a church, so financially into uh, our single moms. Um, I, I've had the privilege of getting to raise babies alongside Lyle, but some mommies don't have that same opportunity and all the weight that falls on a mom is just is so heavy sometimes. And I know that parenting can be heavy, but one of the things I love about the local church is that it might feel too big for you sometimes, but it's never too big for the family. And we today just wanna have a family moment. If that's okay, there's like no rhyme or reason to this, okay? I'm just gonna release you in a couple moments uh, for a couple minutes. But if you have cash, check, or like cash app, do either of you guys have cash app or like Venmo? Um, You get their information if you don't have any of those avenues of sewing. But I want us to sew generously into our single moms. This is just like what family looks like. And I wanna make sure that the moms who probably woke up this morning and make coffee just like they always do for themselves and got their own kids ready and brought them to church and the ones who probably didn't have somebody bring them coffee in bed and say, happy Mother's Day. We wanna be that for you guys this morning and say happy Mother's Day and that you're deeply seen and you're deeply celebrated. So. I'm gonna give you guys like two or three minutes. It's gonna be a little chaotic, but you guys can turn around. They're, they're here in the back. Um, and I just want us to give, okay? We're gonna give money. And if you commit to giving them money, uh, if you get their information from them to give them money at a later time, please follow through with that. Uh, this is a big opportunity to sow, and this is what the church looks like, and this is what family looks like. So ready, set, go. other groups of moms that I mentioned this morning. If you're in a season where you know God has promised you children or breakthrough in having kids, but you're still in the waiting process and you're like, God, I trust you, but I'm waiting. Um, I want to pray over you. I want to pray over moms who have lost this year. If, if you've experienced a miscarriage or loss of a child or a loss of a mom, I just want to, I want to cover you in prayer. I know that sometimes it can feel so heavy and sometimes that weight is heavy, but nobody has to lift that on their own. We get to lift it in the context of community and a family. So it might take some courage. There might not be anybody who fits in that context in the room today. Um, but if that is you, would you be so courageous and stand up? Um, single mommies, you guys can stay standing 
standing too, because I wanna actually pray over all of you together. But if there's anybody who's had that experience this year, waiting for breakthrough, awesome. Okay, I don't see anybody in here this morning, but or this afternoon, but I wanna pray over all of these groups of moms. Some of them aren't, aren't represented in the room today, but I know that they, they go here and that they, they would love to be covered and loved and blessed, all right? Is that okay? Is everybody good? It's heavy in a good way. There's something so beautiful about seeing the family just gather together and, and love on one another. So Jesus, we love that you mother us so well and that you teach us how to mother. And God, I just ask for uh, a supernatural provision to fall on all of our single parent households. God, I ask that what what would feel like a heavy weight, God, that you would help shoulder with every parent in the room. God, I ask that you would exchange heavy burdens for light burdens. Lord, I just pray uh, financial breakthrough and supernatural provision to not only fall for a season, but to fall for a lifetime. God, I ask that your goodness and mercy would chase down every mom represented in this room, that you would teach us as mothers how to rest, that you would teach us how to trust, and that you would teach us how to give to you our children. God, the, the greatest journey of a mother is learning to let go and learning to let God in. So God, I just ask that you would teach us how to mother in the way that you do, which is with open hands, compassion, and with a whole lot of love. God, we love you and we bless you this morning. We bless every mom represented here today. And in the name of Jesus, we pray and everyone said, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for doing that with me. I'm so excited about getting to share the word with you this morning. Today, the title of my sermon is this. Patience is the pathway to promise. Patience is the pathway to promise. I want to talk about what happens when you cannot understand the timing of God and impatience tries to bury you. Anybody ever been in that season? Yes. Impatience ever tried to bury you? It's tried to bury me before. It's tried to silence me. It's tried to get me off my path. It's tried to push me in the direction of fear and anxiety. But this morning, I want to talk about God's solution to anxiety in the midst of journeying towards our promise, and that is patience. Patience is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a genuine gift to us. And because of patience, we actually have the opportunity to walk out our life and our promises in God at a pace that doesn't wound us, right? Doesn't hurt us. I mean, I, I have some promises of God over my life, and I know that you guys do as well because I have coffee with you guys so often. Uh, and some of you, I'm like, these are big dreams. These are God promises over your life. These are wild. These are supernatural. And for me, I love hearing those stories because I, I love seeing what God's doing in and through your life. And I love the opportunity to sit with somebody in the midst of something that looks like it's in direct opposition to the promise of God over their life and encourage them in the reality that so often the thing that looks like it's in opposition to the promises of God in your life are actually the catalyst for you receiving promises in your life. I have, uh, Lyle and I received a word from the Lord many years ago that our house and our home here at Legacy would be known all over the world as a place that looked and felt like family. That in the way that Lou Engle, for those of you who know him, 
uh, his ministry was marked for prayer, that our ministry would be marked for family and that it would release revival in America and across the nations. And I mean, that's a great promise, okay? Like, that's awesome. But how many of you know that big promise comes with a cost? You know, it comes with a cost. Sometimes we run into the reality of life and journeying along the promise of God and the path to our promise that sometimes it just gets exhausting and you can get weary in the midst of it. I mean, there have been plenty of Sundays somebody's come up to me and said, this is not a family and this certainly doesn't feel like a home. I'm like, oh, (laughs) oh no, what are we gonna, Lord, what are you gonna have to do in us? What are we gonna have to give up? What are we gonna have to say yes to in order to embrace the promise of God? How long are we gonna have to wait? What's What's the path gonna look like? And the Lord doesn't oftentimes tell us what the path is gonna look look like, but he always promises his peace to journey with us. And today we're going to look at the life of Sarah. And I think her, her life in the Old Testament is probably one of the best depictions on how to navigate the timing of God and resist impatience. You see in the life of Sarah, what happens when you are impatient with the promise of God over your life and what's birthed as a result of it. And what happens when you walk in the patience and the timing of God and that bringing forth the true promise. The timing of God is as important as the word of God over your life. Because you can get something that looks like the promise out of season and it's not the promise. It's just not. It might look like it and it might feel good for a moment, but within weeks, it'll feel like a heavy weight and a burden and it'll crush you. And so this morning, I want to jump into Genesis. I have a lot of scripture to read and we're going to roll quick because I don't have a ton of time, but I have uh, some good stuff that the Lord's been showing me that I want to share. And so we're going to dive into uh, Genesis 15. The scripture will all be on the screen behind me if you don't have time to flip through your Bible as quickly as I'm rolling through. Genesis 15, four through six says, then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Oftentimes we think that righteousness is a certain, uh, certain things that we say no to, right? But righteousness is actually our trust in the process and the promises of God outworking in our life. Righteousness comes as the result of patience. Righteousness is birthed out of places of trust, not out of working really hard to not do the wrong thing. Sometimes when we read this story, the story of Abraham, and Isaac, we forget that Abraham's promise was also Sarah's promise. That the word of God over Abraham's life spilled over to Sarah. She was the one who had also been waiting a lifetime, I mean, almost a hundred years to have a, had a, have a baby. And, you know, his promise meant something for Sarah. And she knew, oh, if, he, if that's a promise over Abraham's life, it's a promise over mine. And that's how you know if you've got a God word, right? If the God word in your life actually doesn't just affect your world for the better, it affects the world around you. If your promises only affect your world, then it's probably not a God-sized promise. It's probably not, it's probably a good thing. It's probably, it's okay to have goals. I mean, goals are great, but my goals usually only are affect me, right? I'm going to work out a little more, or I'm going to eat better, or I'm going to, you know, 
pray at this time, like they usually only affect me, but when you have a God-sized word over your life, it affects the people around you, right? It spills over. And so we forget that Abraham's promise was also Sarah's promise. She had been waiting as long as he had. In Genesis 21, one through seven, it continues saying, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at, that very at the very time that God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Abraham's a hundred years old was not different than our 100 years old. Just because people lived longer in that part of scripture doesn't mean that it was a different 100, okay? It, it, they were outside of their childbearing years, okay? Verse six, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. Isn't it funny when God fulfills promises in your life and you're like, holy, that was so weird. Nobody's gonna believe this. <laughs> and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? And yet I have borne him a son in this old age. Between the promise and the fulfillment of that promise over your life, the one that you're thinking about, the one that you've had like in the back of your mind for years, there is a journey. And that journey looks like trust. It's trust. The difference between God timing and our timing is our ability to trust in the goodness of God over our life. I have a couple of points from the life of Sarah that I kind of want to roll through that I think are great indicators to us about believing and trusting God no matter what he says to us or through us. Our impatience for our lives or for the timing of God in our life complicates good things that God wants to pour out in our life, right? Impatience complicates promise. It takes something that God, God wants to do through you and it gets messy and there ends up being compromise because impatience always leads to compromise every time. And so we wanna know how to live a life on the pathway of patience that leads us directly to the presence of God and to the promises of God over our life and how to avoid those pathways of impatience. So the first point is this, trust God's word even if it takes longer than you want it to. And it will take longer than you want it to. That's like almost as good a promise as the promise itself over your life. It will take longer than you want it to because anything good takes time. And God is so interested in who you're becoming, not just what you get to do or what you get to have. If we skip steps, we will birth things outside of the will of God. In Genesis 16, we see this. Now Sarai, this was before she became Sarah. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. It is true that the Lord had kept her from having children, okay? But what was wrong is that she tried to go 
about it in her own strength to bring forward promise, as opposed to waiting on the timing of God when he would open her womb and make the, make the way possible. If we build things outside of the right timing of God, it will always be birthed in a way that we have to steward on our own. There's like a great, I don't know if it's a Bill Johnson quote, but it sounds good, so it could be. But it's, yeah, it's always safe, probably Bill. Uh, but it, it's this, anything you steward or anything you birth in the flesh, you have to steward in the flesh. Meaning you have to steward with your hard work and with your effort. But anything that you birth in the spirit through God himself, he will steward with you, right? And this is why we can't, we can't build things outside of the timing of God. Although Ishmael was the son of Abraham and eventually God did release a blessing to Ishmael, it was not the promised son of Abraham, which to me proves that we can birth things that look like promise, but not them not actually be promise. Not every job is the will of God over your life, even if it pays double the last one, okay? Sometimes those things are actually distractions from the timing of God and the journey of God for your life. I'm not saying I don't want you to make double. Dear Lord, make it double. But do it in God's timing with his strength and not your own. Because then you're going to start missing community moments. You're going to start missing church. You're going to start missing out on serving. You're going to miss out on giving. Because you feel like you have to steward everything in your own strength. And you're right. You do when you do it outside of the will of God. This is why I'm like so encouraging of my, of my friends with this. Do not build things out of the pain of waiting your turn. Don't, don't grab things because you're, you're tired of waiting. One of the things we talk to um, students about or young people about often is how do you stay pure on one side of marriage? You know, like how, because there's purity on both sides of marriage, amen. There's, there's one side of marriage, the purity journey looks different, right? And they're like, how do you, how do you like not have sex and stuff? And we're like, uh, that's good. Um, but it's this, don't, out of the pain of waiting your turn, don't make a decision. Okay? Listen, everybody has to wait and it hurts for everybody. You're not special because it hurts a little bit when you have to wait. We're all hardwired to have the promise of God manifest in our life, but we're also all in need of a journey to transform us into the kind of person worthy of carrying the words of God over our life. Just because you have to wait doesn't mean that it's wrong. It usually means that you're on the right pathway. Point number two is this, trust God's word even if it seems silly. Genesis 18, verse 10 through 14 says this, and the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself and thought, am I worn out? Or after I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, which is so funny, the Lord, Sarah's not even in their conversation. The Lord says to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I re really have a child now that I'm old? 
<laughs> it's so funny that he like, the Lord made it so much more simple. Uh, is anything too hard for the Lord? That's a great question to ask yourself. Is anything too hard for the Lord? When you get impatient, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Listen, just because it's silly, wild, and seems impossible does not mean it needs to be laughed off and pushed to the side. God loves to use foolish things to prove his radical goodness to his kids. I look at my life sometimes and think, I am that foolish thing. Do you ever have that moment where you're like in the middle of getting to serve somebody or participate in the job that you just love? And you're like, this is so wild. How did I get this opportunity? I am the foolish thing that's can, like speaking to the world about God's goodness because it should never have happened through me. It should have never happened in this way. It should have never been this way. And that's the thing that God loves to use to bring forth promise, not just for you, for the people around you. Because remember, God-sized promise touches the people around you. If it looks silly and he shows up, somebody might believe for themselves that he'll do the same for them. It's so easy to have patience when you realize you're not just waiting for yourself. When you become a parent, it's the same thing. When you have kids, there's a certain measure of grit that is deposited from heaven inside of you to defer to them because you know that for you waiting is their gift. You know, I'm not gonna buy the shirt I want because my kids need a new pair of tennis shoes and there's joy in that, right? Like, it's the little things. It's the same thing in this moment. It might look so grandiose, it might look so silly, but it's not a reason to say that must not be God because there's no way he would use me for that. He absolutely would and he absolutely will. Point three is, is this, trust God's word even if those around you do not. Genesis 21, six through seven. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Oftentimes pure words of God over your life are laughable to other people. We must get really good at surrounding ourselves with people who trust the voice of God in our life and over our life. God oftentimes allows for people to stay in your life for seasons that don't actually believe the word of God over your life. I, and this is not from the Bible, but maybe, I, maybe it would be, but I, I've seen this happen more times than not, so that's why I can say God will allow it because there's, there's something beautiful about the tension of choice and that is in the Bible, right? God always planted the, he planted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and then everything else, right? Because it created choice for us. And the Lord has no interest in you like falling into your promise. He has every heart for you to partner with him in the promise. Sarah and Abraham had to sleep together to have the promise, right? There was a measure of partnership that happened, but they did it in the right timing despite how crazy and silly it looked and despite the fact that their whole village was probably like, that is wild. Like, I don't even know why you guys are still sleeping together. This is wild. You're so old. <laughs> but I think that's something we learned from the life of Sarah is that impatience brings about false promise, right? And patience is the place at which our true calling is birthed, right? Yeah. 
Patience ensures that our promise remains pure and in the right timing. Impatience rushes the process and at times complicates the promises of God in our lives. Do not try to outrun God when he is not moving fast enough for you. Second Peter 3.9 says this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, and by some, that's like all of us. We understand it's like fast, slow, now, it, microwave or slow cooker. Okay? As some understand slowness, he is patient. He is patience. He is right timing. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He sees the whole picture and you're not gonna miss out on your promise just because it takes longer than you think it's gonna take. I have so often experienced grief in my own life or watched other people experience grief because they tried to muscle the promise of God into their life. They try to work hard enough get on Tinder, you know, trying to see what time it is. Listen, just because he's a Christian doesn't mean he's the right person. And I'm so, we, Lyle and I are very much not like, we don't believe in the one. We believe that God provides opportunities in season for you to choose, but he provides opportunity in season for you to choose. And you have to partner with those words over your life. You have to do something about it. You have to do something about it. But don't try to muster it in your own strength. I've seen marriages rise and fall on this thing. And... That's a whole nother message. But I've learned tough seasons in my life trying to muscle the promise of God into my world because I felt embarrassed that it was taking so long. I felt full of shame, especially the words that you get in the center of a crowd when somebody calls you out and they see the big thing over your life and then 10, 15 years later, it still hasn't hasn't come to fruition. We tend to shelf those things. But I feel like today... My encouragement is this, get those things off the shelf. Because God wants to help you steward those promises over your life and he wants you to journey back to the pathway of trust, the pathway of obedience, the joy that is found in patience and the joy that is waiting. There is joy in waiting. There is literal life in waiting. And so this morning, let's stand because I want us to... I want us to close and pray over over ourselves and over our hearts because I know so many of us have gotten tired in waiting for our promises. I've gotten tired waiting for certain words over my life that I got 10 years ago. You know, we're not immune from disappointment. It's just, what do we do with it? Do we take that to the Lord and let Him transform our minds? Or do we try to muscle in our own strength, the promise of God over our lives. So we're gonna pray and then we're gonna worship. But in closing, I wanna say this. The very best picture of goodness you can muster in yourself does not even compare to the things that God has in mind for your life. Anything you can dream for you and muster in your own strength and work hard enough to do is still not even close to the goodness of God that He has to release over your life. But we 
we have to learn this thing called patience. And patience is our trust in the timing of God for our lives. When we remain patient, we walk at the right pace with God, okay? And just like I talked about a couple of weeks ago in the story of the road to Emmaus, that's all God's ever wanted to do with us anyways. Just take a walk. Just be with us and just stay connected. So this morning, let's just pray. If if you feel like that's you, I've gotten tired and waiting on a promise from God. Let's just, could you just lift your hands? I want to pray over us this morning. Because I know so many of us have that experience. But God has an upgrade for you. So God, I just release your holy waiting over our church family and over everybody who's listening via podcast and on the live stream. God, I just declare that this would be a season of promises fulfilled because we learn to trust you, Jesus, about every good word, about every good opportunity. God, that we would learn to walk with you in the cool of the day, that we would learn to walk with you with all of our lives surrendered to you, Jesus. God, we want before we want our promise. We want to do relationship with you before we want anything else. 